Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and has called all believers to a higher standard of Christian living. If you'd like to learn and grow while understanding biblical teaching, then you're in the right place. Here is our shepherd, Pastor R.L. White Sr. We're in the Gospel according to John chapter 17. We have been dealing with the last few weeks the subject matter of unity. We know that we are connected to God's divine kingdom and if we are connected to the kingdom, God wants there to be unity. When the Lord God gave me this message for his church, I was dealing with, first of all, verses 21 through 23. The Lord told me to expand that to verse 24. So we're going to continue to look at verses 21 through 24. Say amen. Every person on the planet has the power to choose to believe in God. And every person on the planet has the opportunity to accept Christ as Savior. If you have not been in the right relationship with God or in the right position with God, all you have to do is simply repent. Say amen. Don't say, Lord, you know my heart. Yes, he knows your heart. But he actually wants us to open up our mouth and repent. Say, I am an influencer. No, say it out loud. I am an influencer. An influencer has the ability to affect the actions of others. Whether you know it or not, you help contribute to affecting the action of others. How do we do that? Through what we do, because there's always somebody watching you. How many grandparents in the house? Grandparents, there's always. They're not paying me no attention. Yes, they are. How many parents are in the house? Whether you know it or not, some of your kids have the same, have the same habits because they watched. You do have the ability to affect the actions of others. And we're all called as influencers to witness, witness, and witness. What a blessing it is for God to work through us. Put your hand on yourself. Say, God works through me. Don't always think the devil's working in you. Say, God works through me. Now, let's be honest. How many of you have seen people and you wonder, man, they got a lot of demons in them. But say it out loud in God's house. God works through me. That is serving notice on the enemy. God works through us how? Through our encounters. And I say this every week. You can have an encounter with someone face to face. 
You can have an encounter with someone at the mall, at Walmart, through a text message, through a computer. But the important thing is, when you have an encounter with someone, make sure you take a few minutes to talk about the goodness of our God. Say amen. 2,000 years ago, the world rejected Jesus. And it's not challenging to see today that 2,000 years later, the world has still rejected Jesus. The world wants to be in a state of confusion, but God has called the church to unity. In today's lesson, we're going to be looking at chapter 17, verse 23, that contains significant theological implications, and it continues with the high priestly prayer of our Savior right before his earthly departure. We know this, Emmanuel family, when you're connected to the kingdom of God, there is a new level of self-control. And I love saying this each week. I'm going to say it every week. I'm going to ask you face to face, how are you doing with self-control? Say, I have self-control. You don't have to say everything come in your mind. I have. You don't have to eat everything in front of you. I have. <laughs> so, Pastor, don't talk about food. Don't talk. I got to talk about it. Self-control. And it's time for the church to realize self-control is actually a gift. Please write that down. Self-control is a gift from God because it is not hard to see who has self-control and who doesn't. When you hear a person say, I just can't help myself, I gots to do it. No, you don't. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord and he'll do what for you? If he's directing your path, the Lord is not going to lead you down the pathway of destruction. Somebody say, I have self-control. Self-control is a gift. And self-control, in order for it to be active, in order for the application of self-control to take place in your life, you have to open up your mouth and ask the Holy Spirit, give me self-control. I don't want to fly off the handle. And see, that's what I'm finding out. Some people love to fly off the handle because misery, oh, talk back to me. Jesus talking to his disciples 2,000 years ago and when he's talking to his disciples, he's talking to them about future events. And all of us know we're living in the future. Jesus died 2,000 years ago, and yet we're still talking about our Savior because he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay in the grave. You can go and find right now to this day where most world leaders lived and when they died and when they were buried at. You can go back to up to 4,000 years to see where somebody was buried at. But if you go to Jerusalem, you'll find an empty tomb. 
Oh, some of y'all don't get it. Because our Savior is not in the grave. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. My Savior is not in the grave. He is on the right hand of the Father advocating. Somebody say, I'm living in the church age. And I want to explain this right quick. The church age, how many of you have a Bible? Raise your hand because you can't assume people know this. There was no church age in the Old Testament. There was no church in the Old Testament. So please learn this. I see everybody really paying attention. I'm digging it. So there was no church age in the Old Testament, right? We live in the church age because we're living under the new covenant, right? But the world needs to wake up and the church better wake up. One day the church age is going to stop. Why is it going to stop, pastor? Because one day the Lord Jesus, he's coming back after the church. He's not coming back if you haven't prepared yourself. How do I prepare myself? By repenting of my sins. By accepting Christ as my Savior. God loved you so much, he sent his only son to die. Hallelujah. It's a blessing for 2,000 years the church can see what its value truly is. How wonderful it is that the Holy Spirit is opening up our minds to give us a clearer understanding of biblical scripture. I'm going to stop here. Our church anniversary was last year. How many of you were alive last year? It's a joke. Come on. <laughs> if somebody got their hand down, nub them. How many of you were alive last year? Come on. I'm going somewhere. You were alive last year? Ask your neighbor, are you sure? alive last year. This is what I want to ask you today, Sister Teresa. I'm very serious, and please raise your hands. Have you grown biblically in one year? Have you grown spiritually in one year? As God is developing you, into a new creation, it's not a process that happens overnight. Nothing grows overnight. There's a process. So I'm jumping ahead of myself. So don't be too hard on yourself, but recognize I am growing. Look at your neighbor, say, I am growing. No, then the devil said, no, you're not, because you messed up last week. What a lie you are, Satan. Say out loud, I am growing. God is changing the way I think. See, some of y'all, come on, confess it. God is changing the way I think. God is changing the way my heart acts. What you're talking about, Pastor? When somebody does you wrong, it's not your first instinct to hit them back. 
God's taking that, that heart of anger and that heart of, of, of misery and that heart that's been broken and that heart that's been abused and that heart that's been misused and that heart that's been stomped on ignored that heart that feels like nobody cares God is taking that heart away from you and replacing that heart with his love reach up say Lord I receive your love I gotta get to my scripture as we continue on our life's journey. Hey! Thank you, Father, that I have a better understanding of your word. That's why you're doing so well. Amen. Ask your neighbor, how are you doing? If somebody says, I don't know, you need to repent. Now ask them again, how are you doing? I'm blessed, I'm favored, I'm anointed, I'm chosen. Spiritual maturity is a journey. It doesn't end. It goes on and on as we discover new things through God's word. We learn a deeper understanding of the kingdom of God. Spiritual growth is very important. Just like a baby doesn't crawl all of its life, a baby eventually walks. Then a baby, even, no, first it crawls, then it walks, then it runs, then it grows up, then it asks you for money. <laughs> and what, what's sad, in today's time, Sister Petra, kids don't want a dollar. How you know, Pastor, because I give out money every other Sunday. <laughs> but you should be growing and developing. Say amen. amen. Since we are growing, say I am growing. Amen. Some of you don't say this at all, so I'm going to say it 50 times. <laughs> say I am growing. If you come to church each week with an, your spirit open to receive, you will grow. God will give the increase. You'll find yourself with a new level of self-control. Jesus is the only mediator between heaven and earth. And we know this, Emmanuel family, we are included in every promise in the Bible. We are included in God's plan for redemption. And we know here at Emmanuel Church, say it nice and loud, God always has a what? He always has a plan. The word unity. If you haven't wrote this down, please write this down. The word unity means a state of being united or joined together as whole. And we don't speak of this enough. God doesn't want us just to be well. God doesn't want us just to be united or joined together. What God actually wants is for us to be whole. The word unity comes from the word unite, which simply means one. Last Sunday we studied how Jesus has already 2,000 years ago given us glory 
and honor. And in today's scripture, we're going to be looking at what else he actually requested in his prayer. This verse is so amazing, but it's only showing us the tip of the iceberg. I, I haven't said this in a while, and I was talking to you about this a couple of weeks ago. How many of you know what an iceberg is? How many of you heard about Iceland? What's going on in Iceland this week with, with the earthquakes? That's so much, a tip of an iceberg. An iceberg, all you can see above the water is just a small land mask. It doesn't look very big, but there is a massive amount of ice underneath the water that you can't see. What God is doing for the church today, that little bitty tip in the church, say, I am the church. That little bitty tip that has been seen for years, God is going to allow the whole thing to start coming up to the surface. People are going, oh, I'm, I'm prophesying to you today. People are going to start treating you differently because you're going to start walking in the anointing that God created you to walk in. I, I told you last Sunday, stop allowing people to disrespect you because they don't understand the calling that God has on your life. Say, I am united with the kingdom. Why am I united with the kingdom? Because last week, I have God's glory. I have God's honor. And don't you realize that glory, let me pause here if I even get to my scripture. Remember last week, God gave Jesus glory. And Jesus said, Father, I'm going to give the glory not only to my disciples, get your hands up, 2,000 years ago, but God says, I'm going to give my glory to my son and my son's going to give it to the church. Say, I have God's glory. And this is the thing I'm excited about that I'm learning to process this. Glory is not something you can put on and take off. If it could, we would have been messed up a long time ago. Some of you have had God's glory locked up on the inside of you. But God is saying, I'm releasing some stuff that you don't understand. But stand and be faithful. Say it out loud. Say, I have God's glory. I have his glory. I have transferred glory. What comes with transferred glory? Woo, I haven't talked about it in a minute. Along with transferred glory, because glory comes from heaven. Are you with me? I also have, get your finger up, transferred health. Don't you know there's healing? In heaven, there is no pain. There is no sorrow. I have transferred healing. What you're talking about, Pastor? I may have to go through chemo. I may have to go through radiation. But listen what I said. I'm going through because my mission has not been completed. I have, what's wrong with y'all, transferred 
Look at three people say, I have it, I have it, I have it, I have it. Gospel of John, chapter 17. <laughs> Please find verse 23, pastor's reading from the Amplified Bible. Jesus continues his high priestly prayer for the church, and he says, look at it carefully, Father, I in them and you in me. Why? Look at it. In order that they may become one and perfectly united that the world may know. Jesus said that the world may know and definitely recognize that you, Father, have sent me and that you, Father, have loved them even as you have loved me. Here in verse 23, Jesus continues his prayer for unity and he talks about the importance of having a relationship with God and with his followers. Jesus says, look at it, he says, I in them. Where does Jesus want to be? In us. Make it personal. Write it down. In me. You not only have the Father, but you do have the Son, and you most certainly have the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I want to be, look at it, in them in us and how do we receive Jesus in us when we obey his teachings when we read his words when we actually obey what he has commanded us to do we are a part of him and I had minister read this morning don't just see yourself sitting here in the sanctuary don't just see yourself sitting in your home or driving in your car remind your spirit not only am I here uh oh but I'm also seated in heavenly places if you understand that let me hear you say amen the theological concept of this verse is so true for believers today. The Bible was not written for those way back then. The Bible is relevant and alive today. Jesus is alive, God is alive, and the Holy Spirit, he is alive. This truth reflects the spiritual union that God wants us to have. God wants unity in our lives. And I say this very often, unity starts at home. God has unity with the Son. The Son has unity with the Father. Jesus said, for me and my Father, we are one. This illustrates that God wants there to be unity and he wants our relationships on earth to mirror his relationship with his father. 
It's not enough to just say, I know God. We have to really know God. God wants to have a relationship with his children. Please write that down. God wants to have a relationship with me. He's not an absentee father. God don't care nothing about me. That's a lie. He wants that relationship with you. He wants you to tell him the desires of your heart. God wants a relationship with his children. And people say this all the time. God has children all over the world. That's true. But please hear Pastor White. We are all God's creation. But we are not all of his children. You don't become his child until you are adopted into his family. How do I get adopted into his family? I'm glad you asked. Repent and turn from your worldly, evil, wicked ways and truly accept Jesus as Savior. And I have to say this, I love how Jesus explains it. Jesus told the disciples and he told the Pharisees and Sadducees one day, he said, listen, I, I, I know you have an issue with me. But Jesus said, but one of your main issues is, just like the days of Noah, you don't even believe in God. Because if you believed in God, you wouldn't act the way you act. If you believe in God, you wouldn't say the things you're saying. Jesus told them, he said, believe in God, but believe also in me. Look at somebody say, I believe in Jesus. Come on, say it again. Say, I believe in Jesus. This verse shows us that God really cares about us. He's not an absent father. He really cares about us. And this verse shows us there's a union that we can have. And how can we have this union as a church? We have it because we have been sanctified. Sanctified means what? Sanctified means set apart. And we know this Emmanuel family, we haven't been set apart to do whatever we want to do. We've been set apart to carry out ministry. We've been set apart to witness for the kingdom. We've been set apart to tell people God really loves you. Jesus speaks. Look at it carefully. He speaks in this prayer from his soul, from his heart. Look at your Bible. He's speaking this prayer with his eyes open and these men listening to him as he pours out his heart for the church. Jesus is pouring out his heart to his father for the church. Say amen. We have been set apart because we're part of the church. The church is not supposed to mirror the world. Well, the world is doing this. Well, the church needs to do this. No, we're not. The world needs to be following the church. That's how it used to be. Mm, wish I had time. All of this is possible. Our spiritual growth, this unity, this oneness, this love is possible through faith. And we know that faith 
is something you can't even see. We learned last week, when we have God's glory, when we have God's honor, that's all good. But remember, everything starts with your faith. You have to really believe that God sent Jesus. And he didn't just send Jesus, I got to say this, for a select group of people. Please stop saying that. God has no respective of persons. God loves all of us the same. God loves me today as much as he loved someone in the early church 2,000 years ago. God loves me as much as he loved Peter. God loves me, I'm going somewhere, as much as he loved Moses. But the church doesn't know that because the church has never been taught that. Moses parted the Red Sea and God loves me as much as he loves Moses. David stood up for God when he was a child and killed the mighty giant Goliath because the Goliath was disrespecting the God of Israel. God loves me, oh y'all don't hear me, as much as he loved David Uh-oh. John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus. And John was preaching so that one day he had to have him beheaded because he was preaching about the waves of sin or death. John the Baptist had his head cut off. And yet God loves me as much as that. The apostle Paul... Thank you, Holy Spirit. How many of you heard of Paul who wrote over half the New Testament? Y'all don't hear me. Who God entrusted to put words down. God loves me. The church needs to understand who you really are and the authority, the power, the glory, the honor the love that God has already given the church. Come on and let's have a praise break. If you know God loves you, come on and let's celebrate. All the stuff you've been through, he's still watching over you. Hey, hey, come on brothers. Somebody say, I trust you, Lord. Come on, look up, say, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. The beautiful thing about his love is that it's unconditional. I am no longer living off of what I used to know. And I could shout right there. Some of y'all need to be glad you're not living off what you used to know. Uh-oh. Trust me, most of the stuff you used to know is what somebody heard. 
but the word you're hearing today is coming straight out the Bible. It's called a rhema word. It's a right noun word. It's a word that's sharper. Hallelujah. I'm no longer operating because God is expanding. And somebody, some people have been calling me this week saying, Pastor, how did you know to call me last week? Pastor, how did you know I'm remembering stuff when I was a child? Because I'm serious. When God touches your spirit, he's also working on your natural mind. And this to all my senior members. Stop saying, I can't remember nothing. Yes, you can. Look at your neighbor and say, I have the mind of Christ. What kind of mind does Christ have? He knows all things. Uh, Pastor, I went in the room and couldn't remember what I went in there for. Holy Spirit. You know what I went in that room for. Show me where the keys is. I have the mind of Christ. I'm no longer, no longer living off my limited human understanding because I have a new connection. I'm trying to help you. I said, I have a new connection. And in this spiritual connection is all the nutrients, all the spiritual knowledge, all the anointing I'm going to need to make it through this day. When Jesus taught the model prayer, you know what the model prayer is, Jesus prayed, give us, some of y'all stop worrying about next week, you need the Lord take care of today, I know you're able to take care of me today, why are you worrying yourself about five years from now, you don't know what's going to happen in five years, you used to say, I'm going to work this job the next 20 years, you can't say that anymore, Lord, give me this day. You know what I need. You know when I need it. Write this down. My spiritual connection is strong. Some of y'all not moving. That's why you don't believe it. Put it in your own handwriting. <laughs> Text it to yourself. Set a reminder to remind yourself tomorrow morning, my spiritual connection is strong. Open up your mouth during the week and talk about, remind your own spirit. The Bible says to encourage yourself. Stop always looking for somebody else to encourage. Encourage yourself. My connection is strong. I have unity. I have oneness. I'm not fighting God any longer. I've repented for my sins. Now, Lord, I'm open to receive what you have. Look at verse 23. Jesus says, in order, I love this. Now, underline this. Don't just read past it. In order that they may become that they may become. There is a process to becoming one. In order to be one with the kingdom, please look at pastor, you need to do this. Ask the Holy Spirit, help me shed off my flesh. But pastor, 
I really love dancing in the club. You can dance in the church. Oh, y'all quiet. There's some of y'all looking guilty. I could point you out right now. But pastor, you don't know it's just so much fun sinning. Don't you know there's a price you're going to have to pay? I want to be obedient. Why? Because you fear God? No, but I have reverence for him. I know what he's done for me. I don't want to dishonor God with the way I act around other people. See, some people just pretending to be saved. This ain't time to be pretending. This is time for the real believer, for the true believer to stand up and not be ashamed to say I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you do to me. I love God. I live for God. I serve God. Come on, put your hands together in the house. <laughs> Prophecy is taking place every day all over the world, not just in Israel, not just in the Middle East, but prophecies taking place every day. How, pastor? Because Jesus said in the book of Revelations, let me get there soon, that I would pour out my spirit in the last days. People are having dreams. Please wave at me. Visions, if you're experiencing this. God is speaking to you. That's not a hocus pocus, that's not fantasy, that's God showing you that he's tangible. That's God showing you that he's real. That's God showing you, don't go that way, go this way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you're revealing yourself like never before. Thank you, Father, that we can ask the Holy Spirit for help every day and he doesn't get tired of you um uh, can we have real talk for a minute in the past thank you i put preference on there in the past have you ever had anybody that just bugged you don't act like you don't know little eric raised his hand i mean big eric how old are you big eric 15 and he got people that bug him Brooklyn, anybody? Did you raise your hand? How old is Brooklyn? She's 10 and she... <laughs> at 10 years old, somebody bugging you? Carly Ray, nobody bugs you, do they? She said, how old is she? She's eight. Oh, my goodness. Back in the day, you know how it is when somebody bugged you and kept bugging you and kept bugging you and, and back in the day... They get on your nerves. I got my hands up. Don't you understand how good God is? You can ask God every day for something. You can talk to the Holy Spirit every day, and you're never bugging him. He's waiting to hear from you. I dare some of you. At Holy Spirit, 
What do you think I should do? What do you think I should say? And sometimes the Holy Spirit tells you, be still. And if you be still, it'll work itself out without you messing it up. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's what I love about the Holy Spirit. When he says be still, you know why he's saying it. Because not only is Jesus God, the Holy Spirit, he is God. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted. Ooh, you don't hear me. I'm above the nations. You don't know who he is. I am exalted above everything on the earth. Be still and know that God is able to take care of me. Get your Bible, tap somebody. Say, I know he'll take care of you. I know he'll take care of you. I know. God wants us maturing Christians to walk in unity. And God wants to walk in unity with us. And that's a beautiful thing, that God wants to walk in unity with us but we're also called to walk in unity with one another try to resolve your issues it's not always somebody else sometimes it's me oh some of y'all quiet it can't be me yeah it's you the fact that you said it ain't you <laughs> some of y'all nodding your head but it's you I got tickled. We make a mistake in today's society of modeling ourselves after people. The Bible speaks against that. The only person we're ever supposed to model ourselves after is Jesus Christ. Pastor, I want to be just like you. No, you don't. I got my own mission. You got your own mission. We don't have the same mission. But all of us have a mission to follow after Jesus and stop comparing yourself to somebody else's mission. Look how nice she dressed. You don't know what she paid for that outfit. Look how nice his suit is. You don't know if he borrowed the suit. You have no idea. Amen. Pastor, you don't know, Pastor. I'm trying to do the best I can. Listen, God wants you to do the best you can, but you can't do anything without him. That's the issue. You trying to fix it. I hear people say to me, Pastor, I'm coming back to church. Pastor, I'm going to get it right. Pastor, I don't want God to give up on me. God's not going to give up on you, but you can't fix the problem. That's the issue. When you have challenges that come up, staying away from church is the last thing you need to do. This is the place that God speaks at. This is the place where God actually transforms lives. Look at verse 23. Jesus speaks that we may be perfected and completed and united into one. And our journey 
to become united comes through us reading, studying, and applying God's word. You can read all kind of stuff and all kind of self-help books, listen to all kind of podcasts. That's good. But you really want to grow. You really want to develop. Read God's word. Say amen. This verse teaches us that oneness is found in the Lord. And this unity that we have with our Heavenly Father also helps us to acknowledge and helps us to see the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist is everywhere in our society. How many of you understand the spirit of the Antichrist? Spirit of the Antichrist says, do what you want to do, wear what you want to wear, shake what you want to shake, show what you want to show. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. Hurt who you want to hurt. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. But the Bible says from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelations, that the church should not mirror the world. God wants there to be unity. And most of all, he wants to keep the lines of communication open. I'm going to pause here. It's such a trick of demons to tell you all the time. I do mean all the time, and I want to see your hands. How many of you demons tell you sometimes God's mad at you? Please, no, wave so other people can see your hand. God's mad at you. Thank you. Real talk. I wave both of mine. You let God down. Uh, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I'm waving. Look, I'm talking about myself first. Now, let me pause here because this is how you're growing. Don't you know, whenever you hear that, not sometimes, whenever, it's a lie. It's a lie. God's not mad at you. Say, God's not mad at me. We're going to find out in a minute. He's really not mad at me. Did you read what the scripture actually said? Not only do I have transferred glory, transferred honor, why would God give me his glory? Why would God give me his honor? Why would Jesus pray for oneness if God was mad at you? His grace. See, don't forget what grace is. Grace is an unmerited favor. Grace is something we don't even deserve. That's what Jesus is. Jesus is God's grace. Something we didn't even deserve, but God loved us so much. Oh, I'm going here in a minute. He loved us. Thank you, Lord. Stop beating yourself up. You're in the process of being transformed. Write this down. I need to show myself some grace. God's not mad at you. Stop beating yourself up. If you've made mistakes, repent. If you've sinned and fallen short, repent. God's not mad at you. Keep the dialogue open. Keep the lines of communication open. God's not mad at you. And once you repent, don't allow other people to bring up how you messed up. How many of you know what a seesaw is? 
you couldn't pay me to get on one. But a seesaw, I don't know if I can do it right or not. Is this right? A seesaw go up. God's not mad at me. I'm not going to God's mad at me. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, stop it. He's not mad at you. He's already forgiven you. When did he forgive you? Before the foundation of the world. What you're talking about, Willis, the Bible says when you accept Christ as your Savior, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm trying not to jump off this platform because my name was written. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Why are you not celebrating how good God has already been? Your future has been secured through Christ Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say, my future is secure. Stop beating yourself up. That's a trick of the enemy. When we have a daily dialogue with God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit, there is no room for you beating yourself up. And some people can never move forward, please hear me, in your relationships. You haven't moved forward at all because you're beating yourself up on something you did 15 years ago. There is no time machine. You can't go back in time. But if God has allowed you to be alive today, that means you have purpose. Amen. Despite the mistakes we make, God still has purpose. And all of our purpose is to witness. We have to be conformed to the image of Christ. And if you are not conformed to the image of Christ, you are conformed to the image of the world. Filling yourself up every day with the word of God is going to do nothing but help you. The more you fill yourself up with God's word, the easier things will be for you. The clarity will come into your life. The peace that will come into your life. The love that will come into your life. But the more you fill yourself up with the world, sleepless nights, worry, anger, frustrations, anxiety, say amen, triggers, drama club, God wants us to be united with the kingdom. And when we're united with the kingdom, that keeps the lines of communication open. And that happens when something comes up in your life that you didn't expect. You don't have to panic. You can just realize God's got this. Pastor, you don't know what the doctor said to me. I don't have to know. God's got it. Pastor, you don't know what my family's dealing with. God's got it. Pastor, you don't know what I'm facing in a few days. Look at somebody and tell them God's. Jesus prays in verse 23. Remember, he's praying. He's praying. He says that the world may know. That the world may know. How many of you are letting the world know about Jesus? The world's not going to know if we don't tell it. I want the world to know about Jesus. I want the world to know one day he's coming back again. And I'm going. 
I know there are people that don't want to hear all the God stuff. I know there are people who don't believe in Jesus, but it's our place to shine our light. But one day, I'm not going to apologize for this, you keep on mocking God. Keep on making fun of God. Keep on scoffing at believers. One day, every Pastor, I got bad knees. I don't care how bad your knees are. One day, every knee. But I don't think I can get down. Trust me. Every knee. Everybody ever created. You're going to have to bow and confess. Confess means you're going to have to open up your mouth. And some people are going to say, I guess I was wrong. Yeah, you were wrong. Jesus is Lord. I say this very often. Jesus did not come on his own. He didn't come to earth on his own. Preachers used to preach this when I was a child, and it's not correct. When the Lord told me to tell the truth and to be honest. I come from a line of preachers. That's not by chance. When God predestines something, don't you realize what you're doing today is not by chance? God predestined you to be part of his kingdom. Don't you know when you witness to someone, that's not by chance. God called you. Preachers used to preach all the time. You know, Jesus went to God and said, if you need a body, here I am. Please show me where it's in the Bible. Because that's not in the Bible. And when I was a child, I used to hear preachers preach that all the time. Jesus went to his father and said, Father, Father, if you need someone, I've heard preachers preach that throughout the years. Then I've also heard preachers say the heavenly council got together. And I can't wait to get there in Revelation. There is a heavenly council. But the heavenly council nor the son had nothing to do with Jesus coming to earth. John 3.16 For God so God sent Jesus because he what? So loved and then it says in verse 17 listen to me that God did not send him to condemn the world. The devil does a good enough job on his own. But that the world through his son might be saved. Touch yourself. Say, I'm glad I'm saved. You know, come on, confess it out of your mouth. I'm glad I'm saved. Don't you know what all that comes with that of being saved? I have double security. I have triple security. I have the Godhead orchestrating. Stop trying to rewrite the Bible and put stuff in the Bible that's not in there. Study the Bible. The Bible is alive. Are you witnessing today? Are you trying to be a light today? When we witness to the world, we are completing our mission. 
And I don't care if you're young or old, rich or poor. You have a mission. And don't ever say, Pastor White, I'm too old. If you have breath in your lungs, you still have a mission. It's so beautiful here at the Emmanuel Church. We have babies and people up to 95 years old who are fellowshipping and joined together in unity because we understand that we still have a mission. We're not called just to be saved. We are called to witness and to tell others about the kingdom of God. I want to influence people for the kingdom of God. We have enough people influencing for the world. Where are the believers at? That's going to influence for the kingdom. Look at the end of verse 23. Jesus says, and they recognize Father. Here we go. This next part is just amazing. This is so amazing. Please circle verse 23. Remember, Jesus is praying. He says that they recognize that you sent me and that you have loved me. He says, you love them even as you loved me. God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. God loves you as much as he loved these 11 disciples. God loves you as much as he loves any biblical person that's ever lived in the Bible. Stop and realize the depths of God's love for his church. Stand to your feet. Where's your faith today? Is your faith in yourself, in your wealth, in your crystals, in the government, cryptocurrency? I've got money in the bank, and I told some of you, I tried to warn you, the Holy Spirit said, do not have all your currency in the bank. If you've heard me, raise your hand. The banks could be open right now and close the next hour. Say, I'll never do that. Oh, my goodness. We live in a time today where anything can happen. And the most important thing is, are you saved? Lift your hands to heaven. My faith is in Jesus. Our faith is in Jesus. Not in our government. Not in our social media clout. Our faith, our hope is in Jesus. This is a powerful affirmation of God's personal love for every believer. This is actually a love that mirrors the unity and the oneness of the Godhead. God really loves us today. And he sent his son 2,000 years ago to die upon an old rugged cross. Why did he die? Because he had to know out of love and obedience to his father, Jesus, 
took my punishment. Thank you, Father, for your unconditional love. Thank you, Father, that you really love me. Thank you, Father, that you are making me whole. Clap your hands. I know you received the word. Listen to Pastor. If you're here today and you're not in the right relationship with God and you know the Lord is speaking to you right now, get out of your seat and make your way to the front. Well, I'm not sure, Pastor. I'm not sure. You need to come to the front. I can do it in my seat. Listen to me. You need to come to the front. What we're getting ready to face, you're going to need strong faith. You're going to need faith that can stand, withstand the storm. If you've been out of church, repent for your sins, turn from your ways, and ask the Holy Spirit to regulate your thoughts. If you're not in the right relationship with God, last time I'm going to say it, get out of your seat and come right now. You can only fake it for so long. Well, Pastor, I don't want nobody to know. Jesus said, if you're ashamed to own me, I'll be ashamed to own you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Grace and mercy, fellowship, oneness, unity. Thank you, Father. We're going to walk in our authority. We're going to walk in the authority you've given to the church. Jesus. 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 God bless you. To everyone watching this broadcast, it is our prayer that God's grace shall continue to cover you. Your life is not over. It's just beginning. Until next week, get your hands out of here, family. Help me say it. Peace. God bless you for listening to this message. It is our prayer that you receive it in Jesus' name. Emmanuel Church is building, changing, and inspiring lives through the power of Jesus Christ.